0: This is your host, Kirsten Franklin. So guys, welcome to this week's episode. And today we have the one, the only, Shanika Lene. You might know her better as Sis Shanika on social media. <laughs> this woman is a powerhouse. And when I talk about girl on fire, she definitely brings a fire. You know, she started out as you know, as far as I know from her background, and she can correct me. At one point, she was a single mom in investment banking, not exactly loving life. You know, slamming out what you know we call the nine to five. And I promised you an investment banking; it was more than nine to five, right? With yes. three kids. <laughs> and when I met her, this is when the Kindle started, right? Like she was blowing it up. When I met her, I actually met her through a group with Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, Russell Brunton, and a bunch of others. And she just lit it up. She had created. What is now known as Live Wired, which is women in real estate dominating, yes. an amazing event. I can't wait for it again this year. But Shanae, why don't you take I was why <laughs> you take it away and tell us a little bit about your background and how you even ended up in real estate and specifically wholesaling?
1: Um, yes. Yeah, so as you said, um, I started out in uh, investment banking when I graduated college. I, I got a degree in finance, and when I graduated in college, my first um, job in corporate America was in investment banking. Um, and it was what people would probably think the dream job, you know, um, um, you know, what everybody would think would be the dream job making what, um, most would consider, you know, a good amount of money and everything like that. But, um, it was, it was a lot, um, to deal with, especially at the time, like you said, I was a single mom, a single mom. And, um, I talked about this um, before. I don't know if, if you or, uh any of your lady listeners um are familiar with what I call the mom tax, right? And so what I call the mom tax is that tax that we kinda have to suffer as being as being mothers that um others don't, whether it's a, a another woman that doesn't necessarily have children or or the males our male counterparts, um, whenever the children were sick, you know, I was the one to have to, you know, call in and be with, you know, be with the children and um, you know, being a single parent, you know, trying to have that work-life balance and also be a part of your children's lives. Um, Whenever there was, you know, any type of activity at school and things like that, I have to call out, you know, to attend my children's schools or parent-teacher conference or what have you. Even with doctor's appointments, right? Um, Because the thing, I was commuting an hour and a half uh, one way. And Mm -hmm. so um, there was no, you know, take them to the doctor and then come back to work. It was pretty much all day affair. So things like that. And um, you know, when you get back to work, even if someone was, you know, taking over your role, it's still no one's gonna do your job like you, number one. Um, number two, is it, it always feels like you you're still behind and you're like you are not caught up. And then when it comes time around for, you know, bonuses and things like that, it's kind of like you're overlooked because you're not able to commit to um, you know, like my, my counterparts where whereas they would be able to do Overtime and things like that, I wouldn't be able to give as much overtime as they were. I still work overtime, but it's not as much because I would have to leave and go pick my children up from daycare or you know, the 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 other women they didn't have children or the men, of course, if something was going on with their children, their wives took care of it, so they weren't calling they didn't have to call in sick. I had to use all of my sick days, <laughs> all of my sick days and all of my vacation days. I had to use them all and it, it i didn't i didn't um I wasn't able to use them for vacation I had to use them for just doing. You know, regular type of stuff that I needed to do for the children, um, but those things were looked at as as someone as not as dedicated as my as my coworkers. You know what I'm saying? And okay. it wasn't that I wasn't as dedicated to my coworkers; it was that I had other responsibilities as being a mother and trying to balance those two things. So, well, that mom tax. Was. Think about this. Think about this.
0: If you really think about this, only women, okay, are expected to do two whole jobs well yes. and perfect and on on par with others when that's bullshit you know we traditionally came up with the whole stay-at-home mom thing so we have the whole housewife mother role that we're supposed to be amazing at and then now we're expected to go have these jobs and it's like oh wait i'm supposed to be like two people getting (laughs) paid one salary and either way i'm a dick
1: (laughs) yeah i hear you Mm exactly so um so yeah i dealt with that um I dealt with that for a number of years, and it just got to the point where I was just like, You know what, fuck this um i I was not being fulfilled um you know, I knew that I always had like an entrepreneurial type of spirit, but um, you know, I always had like some kind of side hustle or something like that, but I never like really committed to it um fully until I decided to, you know, I, I saved, you know, my money on the side for a while, for about a year when I decided that I was going to actually leave corporate America, corporate America for good. I saved my money for about a year. And, um, you know, from there it has been history. I haven't looked back since. And that was in 2013, I believe. Um, and around that time, um, when I, when I left, I discovered, um, Robert Kiyosaki, um, Rich Dad Poor Dad. My cousin mm-hmm. introduced me, um, to that book he was uh he had just started learning about wholesaling, and he told me to read that book um and he kind of put me on to to wholesaling what wholesaling was and after I read his um, Robert Kiyosaki's book, he was actually having um one of those you know those three day seminars uh, free seminar, free seminars <laughs> um and i went um i went and i I took the bait and i I took the next level um then I took the bait again, and I took the next level <laughs> I took the next level. And that's what that was my first introduction to wholesale in about um, 2013 2014. And at that time, um, I like I knew it was I knew it was something major, right? But I still wasn't able to fully commit to it because the the side hustle that I left my job for was uh, online boutique, and I was running that with doing all the shipping, you know, doing all the ordering, everything. Um, and, you know, I was a one woman show with that, so. Um, I couldn't really focus my energy, and that was what was paying the bills at the time, so I couldn't stop doing that in order to, you know, start wholesaling, but I was totally intrigued by it, so I would just, I would join, you know, certain um, Facebook groups, and I stayed in the groups, and I just kept, you know, watching and, you know, learning along the way, up until um, I decided in 2018 to just go ahead and do it. I mean, I, I feel like I knew enough already, but um, I just jumped in there and, um, and did it. I gave myself one month to kind of just refresh my, you know, refresh my knowledge and everything, just get up to date information on what was going on in the market and stuff like that. And I jumped in and 30 days later, I, um, I got my first deal and it's been history. Ever since. That's
0: amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Talk to me a little bit about this entrepreneurial journey, because a lot of listeners here are women entrepreneurs and whether they have kids yet or not or families or other obligations. Right. Whether they mm-hmm. take care of grandmother, mom, whatever. Um, how did that really look for you?
1: So um, the way it really looked was a lot of failures. So I started with like a lot of people probably start with like MLMs, right? I started with multi-level marketing, um, different companies, you know, I pretty much, I probably tried them all um, and I had some level of success with it. You know, a few, I got a few people to, you know, sign up with mostly family, you know, I didn't have like any follow and anything like that, but I do have a very supportive family. So I'm blessed in that regard. So that anything I did, they all pretty much signed up for. It. <laughs> they all pretty much signed up for it, but they were just doing it to support me. They didn't really have an interest in, you know, right. in really doing anything with it. So of course, I could only make so much money because of your downline kind of drives you up, right? And my downline was family members that just wanted to support me, but didn't have any interest in really building the business themselves. So, um, so I did have some, you know, like I said, some levels of success with it, but it wasn't enough to really, you know pay the bills or, you know, anything right. like that. So, um, so I don't know if you want to call that those failures or not. Um, I would, I would chalk those up as failures, but they were learning lessons. You know, I did yeah. learn a lot from, from those, um, those experiences. And even with the e-commerce, you know, I did, I was actually pretty, successful. I actually, um, that was my last MLM that got me started in, in e-commerce. It was a company called, um, uh, DS Domination. And they had a different model, a different uh, MLM model than what I was usually accustomed to. And this model didn't rely on your downline um, or anything like that to make money. Even though you could recruit and make money that way, the main source of income was from selling your products on e-commerce. So I did that. Um, I started doing that with uh, eBay and Amazon. And that really took off. Like... um, yeah that really really took off so i I kind of progressed from drop shipping um on eBay and then I started drop shipping on amazon and then I got into what's called um private labeling and oh, yeah. that's when it really took off for me. Um, I started private labeling I launched my amazon business, and I think the first year. I mean it wasn't even a full year because I started like in May. I think I got my first product in July. It was live in July. I started learning about I started in, in April and my first product went live in July. And um it did it was sold out. Like it did really well, it sold out. I think the first year we did like a little over 30,000 or something like that and then every every year thereafter um it was six figures and and up um every every year after. so that was my first uh, i would say that, that was my first like really successful um, journey of uh, entrepreneurial experience, I would say um, so yeah.
0: And so why, why step
1: out? Like, why, why did you sell that business or do you, what did you do? No, I didn't say I've, I've actually had some offers for it. Um, I still have my account active and I still have inventory at Amazon, but I'm not actively adding new inventory. Mm-hmm. I'm just selling off all, you know, all the stuff that, yeah. that I had there before. Um, but it it was, it's very boring. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm an extroverted introvert. Yeah. So I can be very reclusive and to myself, but I need those spurts of interaction with other people, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that with Amazon um, because once you send your products in, it pretty much just sells. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm simplifying. Of course, there's things you have to do in the background. Um you, have, you know, but uh, your product pretty much sells uh, itself. Um, Amazon handles all of the customer service, the fulfillment, everything. All I had to do was package it up and ship it, and then Watch my checks uh deposit into the bank. That was boring. <laughs> that was boring. Um I wish that I had built a team to like do a lot of the stuff for me so mm-hmm. that I could m- do both but um that's that's one of the things that I have to work on still have to work on' cause I was I'm say still next up show.
0: Yeah. Next levels really learn how to build out businesses. So now you can build yeah. out any business you want. Right. Yeah. I had to learn that one.
1: Yeah. That's, that's yeah. where I'm at now. I'm, I'm, um I'm to the point where I have to, I have to do that now because I I know too much. I, I, it's so much, um, my brain just comes up with all kind of creative things to do. And um, I just can't um, manifest everything that I want to do with just me by myself. So I'm, that's where I'm at now. I'm at the point where I'm sourcing, people to build out um, these businesses because it's, it's imperative. I, I end up like, actually, you know, I switched from one stream of income to another versus keeping both of them, you know, going and scale well, them up.
0: I learned that same mistake too, because when I initially started coaching and I realized that there was this whole other division, um, I did the same thing. I, I, I took some of my team from legal recruiting, which was the dumbest thing because they're making me hundreds of thousands of dollars a day. And I was like, I was like, "Oh well, come on. Yeah, you want to do this too? Yeah, let's just figure this out together." Well, yeah. I killed my I killed my recruiting team, and I had to build that whole thing back up because that's what was paying for everything. Yeah. Right, that was paying for me to be, get to go and be like, "Oh, I'm going to go be a coach now," right? And yeah. They're like, yeah, a dumb right. So I had to learn that one too, girl. So yeah, uh, hopefully, guys listening, learn the lesson.
1: Yes, build early business,
0: <laughs> and then you can build any business you want after that. Yeah. And it's a system. It is a system. I finally have it down pat. It is a system and it is all the same different people, different skill set. It's all the same period. So I want to talk about Livewire. Now has COVID-19 affected the event in any way or not yet? Because you have it a little bit later in the summer. So we might still be
1: safe. Right. It's it's, I'm, I'm so like on the fence with what I, what I want to do with it um we definitely are having it but um i'm just trying to decide like if i want to how far back i want to push it back if i want to push it back um so far like no one has requested a refund or anything like that um but it's like right on that cusp so i i just don't know i just i just don't know i feel like i want to push it back to like maybe october or something like that um yeah so i say ride it you know what
0: i mean what's what is so bad about maybe converting to virtual if you have to no, right? that's not an option. You're like no. You like the in person. <laughs> that's like Brian and Nick, they 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 like the uh, live. There's such a difference in live. I mean, being at that event last year, you guys, you guys have it down. I mean, that was great. That was really yes, great. I mean,
1: that the experience and that's the, that's the whole thing that I wanted to create with LiveWire was an experience, not only um, an opportunity to, you know, highlight women in real estate, um and do something a little different that most people aren't doing. Um, and kind of challenge the the status quo because, you know, the whole reason why I started LiveWired was because every real estate investing event that I was seeing either had no women or they had one woman and it was the same woman yeah. over and over again. <laughs> um, so I'm like, okay, this is something has to give. Like, um, so I know there are plenty of women out here killing it and um, I'm going to bring them to the forefront and and give them a stage and highlight them and celebrate them and also um make the whole audience women only too. Um, so that was the whole premise behind that. And that whole experience is something that I think every um every woman in the industry needs to experience. Um, that camaraderie, that sisterhood, that um, you know everything about live Wire. Um, So I, I can't do a virtual with that. Um, it has to be live. It has to be live. So last thing I want to talk about, you know, obviously you're an
0: entrepreneur, you're a business owner, you're a mother. We are having an event right now, COVID-19 global pandemic. We are going to see the systematic shutting down and reopening globally. And while your focus is on real estate here in the U.S., I mean, how have you, or if you have, (laughs) managed the whole, you know, sure, we work from home, but we get to drive around and do things, right? But now maybe you can't do that. I don't know about your area. I'm mean, i in Manhattan. You can't do it. Um, You know, so how have you kind of managed that to try and maintain- whatever semblance of balance there was beforehand, you know?
1: Honestly, it hasn't really changed uh, much for me, um, to be honest, because I was already, I mean, the business of wholesaling, you can pretty much, you can do it virtually from your house anyway. So you don't need to really, um, you know, be out much. A lot of my deals, I close over the phone, never met the seller or the buyer. um, Didn't even attend closing, you know? So um, that hasn't changed much for me. We have like a five five o'clock curfew here. So if I do need to do you know go out and do something I can up until like five o'clock, um which is fine. I don't like being out at dark after dark anyways, so um it really hasn't changed much for me. um what i did um do slightly uh different my my quote my pivot for um this time frame has been I launched an online academy um so that uh, I could help other real estate investors um primarily wholesalers. Um, to learn how to close more creative um, deal structures, because the thing about it is, is most deals don't fit the wholesale model, right? And I think that's where a lot of wholesalers uh, get caught up and they struggle because they try to make leads wholesale deals when they just aren't. Um, and then by that time, they get burned out, they're frustrated, they're like, "This shit don't work." And I'm like, "Yeah, it works," but <laughs> you know, the 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 fact of the matter is, most most sellers aren't willing to um, you know sell you their property at a at a discount. Um, that makes sense for an end buyer to buy and still have enough meat on the bone for it to be a good wholesale deal. So you have to be able to look at these leads and um, structure them differently to actually make a deal out of them um, so that you can, you know, make more out of your marketing, out of your marketing. And also just make more in general, because even if you close one extra deal a month, that could be five, dollars a month extra, just by knowing a different strategy. So
0: awesome. Awesome. So Just so our listeners know, where can we reach you? What's the best place to reach you, your information about the online academy, all of it?
1: So you can um, find me in our free Facebook group, Real Estate Investing A to Z. You can follow me on Instagram at SIS Shanika, S-I-S-S-H-A-N-E-K-A. And if you want to learn more about the academy, um, you can go to dealcloseracademy.com. Shanika, again, always.
0: It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank
1: you so much, Kirsten, for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure. You know, you my girl. Uh, I appreciate you for having me on. Um, thank you to your audience for uh, listening, and I look forward to the next time we get together.
0: So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me, and I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive or on Instagram at thrive tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just PI. So it's three it's thrive underscore tribe underscore 3.14159. Um, or of course you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is thrive tribe global. If you just search groups and you enter in thrive tribe global, you should see us there. Um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there. But if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at Believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me.